Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Marnie Swedberg, and I welcome you to Marnie and Friends, a place where leaders share practical, helpful, and encouraging ways to get anything important done faster, better, and smarter. Right now, I encourage you to sit back, buckle up, and join us for fun, laughter, practical help, and clear thinking, the kind of discussion that focuses our attention off of the fluff and onto the most important stuff in life. Again, welcome to Marnie's Friends. Let's get going. Hey, everybody, it's Marnie. Welcome back. We are having a leadership training program today for you, Losing Control, Delegation versus Empowerment. And during the next hour, grab your pen and paper, your notepad, and we are going to learn the differences between delegating and empowering, steps of delegation, steps of empowerment, factors that determine if you should delegate to someone or empower them, questions to ask yourself along the way, You'll also discover the importance of empowerment to move your ministry forward, boundaries in empowerment, and the key to effective delegation and empowerment. Our guest today, Renee Riley, has been a leader in women's ministry for over 15 years. She's earned a certificate in WM Leadership uh, from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, and after serving as Director of Proven Way Ministries in Austin, Texas for the last eight years, is now focusing on speaking, teaching, training, and writing. She's here to train us today on the topic, losing control, delegation versus empowerment. Welcome to you, Renee. Thank you so much, Marnie. I'm glad to be here. Well, and I'm excited to have you. Uh, this is this is a favorite topic of mine, and we've only ever addressed it once, I think, in the past five years. So it's time to come back and spend some time talking about delegation uh, versus empowerment. And it's a great topic, and sometimes there's a little confusion about, you know, what's the difference, and it does it really matter. And so I'm excited to spend the hour exploring this topic and uh, helping people know how to best maximize the opportunities that they have with their team. When you started thinking about what to share today on the program, how did you land on this one? Like, why do you think it's so important? Well, as a leader, Marnie, um, it's just been critical to me in my leadership to be able to delegate and empower others because the quickest way for a leader to burn out is to try to do everything themselves. And the world is just crying out for more strong leaders. Um, I think that one of those reasons is because an average leader's time is not focused on leadership development. And um, I just feel like that's one of the greatest areas of need um, in the workforce and in ministry. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go ahead and, and start by just directly addressing the differences between delegation and empowerment so that we have a clear picture of that. Absolutely. When I speak of delegation, I'm talking about giving the giving of duties or assignments. So um, within delegation, what you're doing is you're transferring responsibility. What you're going to find is that um, it's less work in the short run. It divides the labor that you're doing. Um, It brings temporary results, and it raises up followers. So, again, when I'm talking about delegation, I'm talking about the transfer of a responsibility. Now, If we turn that around and we look at empowerment, I'm going to be talking about the giving of power or authority. And what empowering does is it transfers 
the authority from one person to another. So there's less work in the long run rather than the short run, and it multiplies the outcome. You're going to find that it brings lasting change and it raises up leaders, not just followers. So that's kind of the the difference in the two. Go ahead and dive into the steps then because there still might be some ambiguity or confusion about what is the difference, how does it actually look. So let's go ahead and go through the steps of delegation um, and identify clearly what that would look like. Okay. Um, What delegation takes, first off, Marnie, is defining processes. You have to sit down and you have to to put it out on paper, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is a a list of everything within this task that um, I can see that needs to be accomplished. And you put it down in, um, on a piece of paper or, you know, however, you know, whatever that looks like to you, and you define this process. Also, once you've handed that over to someone, then you're going to want ongoing communication. Because you are delegating it, you want it to be done properly. So you're going to be communicating. You're going to have detailed timelines, very close accountability. And you can ask yourself, am I delegating this? Um, It completes this statement, what I need from you. Okay, that's when you delegate, when you need something from someone else. Now, If we're going to take empowerment and look at that, what you have there in the steps of empowerment are defined boundaries. You have vision casting where you share your thoughts, your feelings, and your ideas. You share the plan. You go through goal setting together with another person where they give their input. You share with them measurable guidelines. And when you're trying to decide, okay, am I empowering this person, the question that you want to answer is, what do you need from me? Uh, so let's, let's look at that one more time. Delegation completes the statement, what I need from you. Empowerment answers the question, what do you need from me? Yeah, and, and I'm not quite sure where we're going to go in the rest of the hour here, uh, but the the scenario that comes to my mind when I'm thinking about this is just starting right at home when you ask your kids to help you with the dishes. Okay, um, Junior, will you come help me with the dishes? That is um, a form of delegation then, whereas if I say, um, Junior, every night, every night by 7 o'clock the dishes need to be done. Uh, you can do that whenever you want after supper as long as it's done before 7 o'clock. Is that empowerment? Is that the difference? Absolutely. I would say that is a fantastic example of, of that okay. very thing. Exactly. Okay. So before we move on to factors that determine whether we should delegate or empower people, the steps of delegation come down to what I need from you versus uh, empowerment, what you need from me in order to be able to own this project. And I'm thinking about it, um, you know, we own a restaurant and a retail store as well, and I can clearly identify um, times when I delegate a responsibility or a task, I would say, 
and times when I empower someone to take over the entire project. Um, when you think of what, what are some examples that you have in your head of the difference between delegation and empowerment? Well, um, having been director of Proven Way Ministries here in the Austin area, I can look at several several different things. For instance, if we have an event that we're going to be throwing, um, and I need someone to come in and help with decorating, let's say, um, that I'm in charge of the entire event, but I want someone to particularly focus on the decorating at that event. So I'm asking someone to do that, and I sit down with them, and I give them the perimeters. I want to tell them the theme of the event. I want to tell them what I'm looking for. I want to tell them what's going to make people comfortable and and um, what I'm trying to accomplish in that event. So then they would then take that responsibility, and that would be theirs. Now, if I'm empowering someone, I'm going to ask them what – what, do you have some suggestions as to what do you think the decoration should look like? And then we begin to brainstorm together, and I begin to empower them in that way to take on the responsibility themselves where there, there's just not as many um, – it's not as cut and dry, um, I would say. Does that help at all, Marnie? I think so. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of getting the gist from what you're describing here is that delegation and empowerment actually work hand in glove, that it's not one or the other, but it's actually you either delegate alone or you delegate and empower together. I, I, yeah, I, I really I agree with that completely. Um, we try to, um, I, I guess it all boils down to, are we telling someone what to do? Or are we teaching them to do on their own? Mm. And Pretty and I think that's, that's really what it boils down to. Yeah. Huh. We're going to take a short break and come right back and talk about the factors to determine or the factors that determine when or if you should delegate to someone or when or if you should empower someone. And we're going to come right back and talk about that. Great. Thanks, Lonnie. Christian Women's Events. At womensevents.info, you can find events to attend. Learn how to plan amazing events for your group or publicize your own upcoming Christian women's events. It's all available to you at womensevents.info. Just click your state to find all the major women's events coming to your area or type in the month and year you'd like to attend an event to see all your options nationwide. It's that easy. If you want to promote an event, just click Add Event. Event publicity is available on a per-event basis or free to members. Finally, if you want to learn how to host awesome events, retreats, and well-attended conferences, click Event Planner Training. Once again, it's available a la carte or included in the membership. It's all online and here for you 24-7 anytime you have time at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg. Our guest today, Renee Riley, is um, from ReneeRiley.org, R-E-N-E-R-E-I-L-L-Y.org. And she's talking with us today about losing control, delegation versus empowerment. And, you know, let's just pause for a moment before we dive into these factors that determine whether you should delegate or empower people when and if. Um, Let's talk first about this concern that we have when I give somebody else 
the reins. <laughs> I'm afraid of the awful. You know, if you want something done right, do it yourself. You know that old um, oh, thing. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. you know, we kind of grow out of the ability to do that at some point. Things get a little bigger than just what one person can do by themselves, and we have to face this reality. But what would you say to the event planner or the women's ministry leader or the manager or the mom or whatever who's saying, um, you know, I'm going to have to get some help here, but I'm really having a hard time releasing Yeah, I think what we need to do is really evaluate what is this reason that I'm having a hard time releasing. Um, Is it that I'm a perfectionist? Is it that I don't want to lose um, my feeling of importance? Is it pride? I mean, you know, we have to look at what is this particular reason that I'm having a hard time delegating? Is it because I don't feel like I have time to sit down and explain to someone what they need to do? And so I think... um, Really, Marnie, that's the main thing is just sitting back and saying, okay, what is this particular reason I'm not able to hand this over? And what does that look like? Yeah, and I think, I I guess from my experience, one of the biggest reasons that, that leaders don't want to hand things over is past experience. They've really had some things go wrong in the past when they've tried to delegate or empower where they've ended up doing more work than they would have done had they just done it themselves the first time around. And, you know, it does make one be really kind of hesitant to pass the baton when you're pretty sure it's going to get dropped, you know. And uh, so that's kind of what we're talking about today, though, how we can be better prepared to pass that baton and make sure that the person's going to actually receive it. And I think that's what this seg- segment is about next here, is we want to talk about the factors that determine when and if you should delegate to someone, when and if you should empower people. So go ahead and give us your thoughts on that. Well, I think there are some questions that you need to ask ask yourself. Um, and you need to know that you know, there are times to delegate, there are times to empower, and you have to understand the nature of the situation within your organization to see which is the better option. So I I think some of the questions that you should ask is, uh, you know, when you're wanting to delegate or empower is, is this a short-term or a long-term project, a situation or an area of service? You know, what does that look like, short-term or long-term? If it's something that is very short-term, you can delegate that. Um, that's something that you can just ask someone else to do. If it's something that's going to be a long-term project, you can work with someone on it and to help empower them to take over that project. So I think that's one of the things that um, is really good to ask. Um, also, is it crucial to the success of your ministry or whatever it is that you're doing that you have the ownership? Is it crucial to the success of your ministry that you have ownership? Or can you give that ownership over to someone else? Is it really going to cause that much damage to hand it over? And has mentorship or investment taken place in anyone that you're currently working with? Let's let's say you have a volunteer within your ministry. Um, Are you really spending time with them and investing in them? Um, Do you feel comfortable giving them the reins? So that would determine whether you delegate to that person or whether you empower them to take over something. Um, Has that person proven themselves to be faithful and responsible? Do you trust that person's intuition and judgment? 
do you want someone to follow you or do you want them to lead others? So those are just some questions that you might ask in deciding, do I delegate this to someone or do I empower them to take over? Yeah. I was thinking about um, when we – I do a lot of training of new staff at our businesses, and one of the things that becomes pretty clear when working with people one-on-one or in a group is their skill sets. And some people simply don't have the skills to do particular jobs, whereas other people can do maybe almost anything. And Mm -hmm. to just take time to assess that is so important. So let's go, let's go from the bottom up um, on those. The, the last one, the last question you had was about whether the person was the right person for the job. And it seems to right. me like that is such a critical question to answer before you either delegate or empower. And what's beautiful from my perspective about delegation versus empowerment is that when you delegate first, you get a feel for where the person's right. capabilities are, you know? Absolutely. And then if you Absolutely. see, oh, this person really has a bent for this, this person has a gift in this area or has a, a strong interest and is teachable, well, then you go to the next st- stage where you st- begin empowering, where you begin the training process and you begin the release process. And from my experience, and maybe, um, Renee, we can talk about this for a minute too, from my experience, it really helps to do this gradually if you can instead of just Mm -hmm. putting the person in the deep end of the pool and saying, well, you know, just swim to the other side, but I know you don't know how to swim, but you'll figure it out, you know, um, to really (laughs) let them come along beside you and do it, uh, learn it gradually. Uh, Absolutely, Marnie. I think um, mentorship within leadership is so important, and that's a word that just scares people to death when they hear the word mentor. Um, but really, it's just a matter of doing life right beside somebody else and teaching them as you do. So um, I think clearly spending time with someone, um, inviting them along with you um, in whatever task that you're doing gives you the opportunity to assess what what is their passion, what is their skill set, what what is it that makes them tick. And is this particular area what's right for them? So I think, you know, just definitely walking with someone, inviting them along with you is huge in being able to assess that. I am. I just today hired somebody who is going to be a pretty key player at our retail store. And I said to her, what we're going to do is we're going to tentatively hire you on Friday. You're going to come and you're going to spend the entire day with me on the floor. You'll just shadow me. You'll see everything that you're going to do. You're going to get a grasp for how it goes in here, and we're going to get a feel for you. If at the end of Friday either of us has any reservations about this being the right direction for us, we'll rediscuss it before we sign you on. But otherwise, we're going to go forward with this. So that's just one example of how you can kind of test the water before you dive all the way into giving your whole, you know, project or your whole ministry over to someone that's not tested and tried yet. Um, What are some other ways that people can kind of test that water before handing over the reins of something really important? Well, you know, recruiting volunteers, you know, first of all, you know, we talked about leadership burnout. And the fastest way to burn out as a leader is just to try to do everything yourself. 
So the easiest way um, to get someone involved in whatever you're doing is just to bring a volunteer up alongside you, just to do something small. Maybe it's just to come along with you, maybe um, to come along with you to a meeting. And then once the meeting is over, they've quietly listened, ask them what their opinion is um, and let them give you some feedback on that meeting. Um, there, there are several different ways that you can get people involved in ministry um, and, and get them in there so that they can just work alongside of you. And you can even see, okay, does our personalities match up? Um, but and start out small. Don't, don't give them something that you know is going to be very difficult right at the beginning. And like you said, you know, you have this person walking alongside of you all day. Um, and showing them the ins and outs. Um, be willing to do that. Be available. Be a, be ready to give some time over to it. Yeah, and when we when we start touching into time, I know that's where all the leaders are like, yeah, but where do I get that time? One of the things that I've seen done in a lot of organizations is that, for example, if someone wants to be the president of a group, um, they have to spend a year being vice president, not because of any reason except that once you know you're going to head toward a certain position, it's like it's like being a passenger on a bus compared to being a driver of a car. You're paying so much more attention if you know that in a minute I'm going to have to drive the bus <laughs> instead of just right. the bus taking me wherever I'm going. You know, you just have a whole different level of attention and investment to it when you know that you're going in a direction. And it does help to give people time to catch up. Let's talk for a little bit about um, the second from the last question you were to ask was, has mentorship even taken place in this relationship yet at all? And it is really important to ask the question, you know, am I just throwing this person again into the deep end or have I already determined that this person is ready for this, that this person is the right person to have that? Mm-hmm, and, it, mm-hmm. you know, I know a lot of organizations honestly have, um, they put their people through spiritual gift tests. You know, you, you actually have ways oh, yeah. other than spending time with somebody. But spending time is a great way also. What are some of the ways that you've found uh, to just assess people uh, before before giving them responsibility? Well, um I can look very clearly back just just a couple of months. Marnie, um, I was director of Proven Way Ministries here in the Austin area. I had a woman who had stepped up as assistant director, and um, we worked very well together and spent a lot of time together. But during that time, you know, we were going to trainings together. Um, she was working alongside of me doing trainings, doing a, you know, p- taking pieces of that. So it really gave me the opportunity to – to look and see, okay, you know, how does she fit into this? Is this where she's comfortable? Um, Is this what she loves? And we were able then to spend some time together just sitting together and asking each other questions. And, again, you know, we don't always have that kind of time and that kind of availability, but the spiritual gift testings, the relational style testings, the different things that we can do like that help very much as well. Um, Also, just seeing what someone's interested in as far as their hobbies, you know, what what they like to do at home. Um, It gives us an idea of their, you know, how well they perform in um, uncomfortable situations. Um, So I I think 
you know, it all boils down to being a good listener. It boils down to being observant and um, whether or not, you know, that trust is built. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another question you mentioned is, is it critical that I retain the ownership? This one is really important to ask. Um, there are actually things that do matter like that. I, I think especially in business scenarios where you've got an entrepreneur who is the um, source of the creativity or, you know, I think of, for example, willow tree figurines. Okay, now it's mm-hmm. pretty important that the artist there continues to do the designs herself. <laughs> that's Absolutely. important because it has her signature all over those, and that's why they're so popular. However, it's not so important that she does the accounting, that she, you know, it, all of these other things other people can do, maybe even the marketing, like that. And so within your organization, you can say, what are the things that I feel like God says you must do these or you must directly oversee or supervise these things versus the things that really honestly you can delegate like sorting mail. I mean, there's all kinds of things that you Mm -hmm. can delegate Mm -hmm. or empower other people to do. And it is a very important question. And I think it's a place where leaders oftentimes get mixed up. They say, I'm willing to do anything. Therefore, since no one signed up for blank, I'll do that. And it's really important for leaders not to do that, for leaders to identify why are they in that position of leadership? Why did God put me here? For what reason? And, of course, be willing to serve in any capacity, but at the same time, well, for example, Renee, my husband years ago, I was the women's ministry leader, and we could not find anybody who would run the nursery the nursery ministry in our church. And we'd been looking, and we just couldn't find anybody. And I came home after a meeting, and I just said, you know what, I think I'm going to have to do that. And he said, absolutely not. (laughs) He said, you may not do that. Because he said, if you do it, the person who God is tapping to do it will never step forward. It's true that they haven't stepped forward yet, Mm -hmm. but if you leave it vacant, they will. And it was true. If I would have jumped in and saved the day, you know, then that person would have never stepped forward. And I, I fear that, you know, that's a lot of times what leaders do because we honestly do have a servant's heart and we want to uh, serve in every capacity possible. And so we do step in ahead of somebody else's, um, you know, and kind of steal somebody else's, um, what I would say, reward in that way. Yeah. And, I, you know, a lot of that, Marnie, just comes from acting hastily and not stepping back to evaluate um, exactly what it is that we feel like God really wants us to do um, versus something that we feel like we just need to do uh, in order to help. And so I think taking a deep breath and stepping back um, is definitely great advice, um, just just to be able to say, okay, I'm going to give myself a little bit of time and space to decide, is this something that God's really calling me to? Is this something that I'm going to be taking someone else's blessing or the opportunity for them to bless away? So I think your husband was very wise in his uh, uh, advice that he gave you there. It's interesting, just today, I didn't know we were going to be talking about this exact thing here, but just today in the Marnie Minute when I sent out these uh, weekly newsletters to my group, and um, I had written down today as my, actually Karen Marie's um, 
my daughter's birthday is today. And so in 1988, she was born. And toward the end of the 23-hour labor, my doctor calmly said to me, Marnie, the baby's in distress right now. I need you to just blow through the next few contractions and just try a rest instead of push. And, you know, if you've ever been in that situation, we were laughing. On the way home from the hospital, we were laughing about it like, your baby's going to die, but I want you to not worry, you know. <laughs> so anyway, oh, wow. you know, I mean, it was just this intense situation. And the doctor just so calmly, the baby's in distress, just blow through the next contraction, just try to rest instead of push. You know, and I think a lot of times those feelings of I've got to step in here aren't because, you, you know, sometimes it is hasty and sometimes it isn't the well thought out. Other times it's like the midnight hour and it's looking pretty bad. And, you know, in that scenario, I was 22 out of 23 hours through that hard labor and it was time at that moment to breathe through some contractions and let the peace of God or the peace of rest in that situation do the healing work. And sometimes I'm just saying to you leaders, you may have to wait longer than you imagine possible for God to bring that person forward. But if you have it in your heart that God has you doing what you're supposed to do, then you just rest and you just wait and you watch and you pray and God will bring the person to you. Um, It's very difficult to wait. (laughs) It's very difficult to wait. You know, I had that experience here in Austin, Marnie. I was um, in ministry for five solid years um, before I had that person that stepped up beside me um, um, as assistant director. And during that time, you know, you – there were several people who came into the picture, but they just weren't the right fit for that particular Mm -hmm. thing and did not have the right skill set. And the first thing you want to do is you want to jump on the wagon and you want to pull them in anyway because they're so desperate and you need help. But what happens is, you know, it's like taking one step forward and two steps back. And you just need to stop and, again, stop, reevaluate. There's an area of, of ministry for everyone. And there within a ministry, there are so many different areas of ministry. So where, where a person may not fit in one area, there's definitely going to be something somewhere. You know, so I think we've got to, one thing we can't do is pigeonhole um, and decide, you know, oh, this is where I'm going to put this person before we have proper time to assess. And, you know, when that right person comes along, it is such a breath of fresh air. And your ministry just will take off to a whole other level. But you're right. Sometimes you just have to breathe through that labor pain and keep moving forward step by step until God brings that right person. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg. We're visiting today with Renee Riley of ReneeRiley.org. We're going to come right back and talk about the importance of, of empowerment to move your ministry forward. We will be right back. What's your next step? Are you tired of scouring the Internet to find the training you need to take you from where you are today to where you want to be? Stop searching and start moving towards your goals with over 150 targeted training modules available to you at Marnie.com. You can learn how to speak, how to write, how to get published, how to get media coverage, and so much more. All available at Marnie.com. That's M-A-R-N-I-E dot com. 
Welcome back. This is Marnie, and today we are talking about leadership, about the difference between delegation and empowerment, when we should do either, when we should do both, and how to go about it. And our guest today is Renee Riley. Um, She's a women's ministry leadership trainer and presenter and the advisor for Proven Way Ministries in Austin, Texas. She leads Bible discussions in Austin, and you can learn more about her at ReneeRiley.org. Today, we've been talking about the differences between delegation and empowerment and how to use them. Right now, we're going to go ahead and talk about the importance of empowerment. So when we're talking about this now, we're kind of saying, okay, you're going to delegate, and that's necessary to get some stuff done. But Mm -hmm. here's where we're going to talk about the critical importance of empowerment specifically. Mm -hmm. Why why, Why do I care? Why do I have to do that part? Um. We are given um, a commission, Marnie, as as leaders to raise up leaders. Um, the the quickest way to watch something fall off and die is for one person to think that they're an island. And um, you know, I was listening to this song on the radio the other day, and it was just the name of the song was "No Man Is an Island," and it just reiterated to me, can't do a thing on our own and do it successfully and do it well. And the more people that you can involve, uh, the quicker things get done, the more efficiently things can get done because they're focused on their piece of the puzzle. And everybody needs a purpose. Raising up leaders gives other people that purpose. Um, It helps them to see that they do have a place to serve, that they do have um, a place where they lead as well. So it's huge in moving your ministry forward um, in the creativity that comes from people working together when um, you're bouncing ideas off one another. I mean, there are just so many ways that um, involving others will move your ministry forward. I think one of the major ways for me that I've seen is it actually frees me up to do what God called me to do. Um, so I had at the restaurant for years, and I always I always train train the new people myself because we have small enough businesses that I can, and I feel like that holds the standard always at the same level. And the current staff here overhear me training somebody new and go, oh, yeah, I forgot about that or, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, but one of the things that I always say, and, and we actually have a Send Marnie Home bonus, for staff at the restaurant, if they cover their own shifts and, and cover each other's shifts, if they can't work a shift, if somebody else will cover for them so that they keep me off the floor so I'm not actually doing the cooking or the serving, what happens is that they get a bonus. And why is that? Because that frees me up to do the things that only I can do. Well, I had a, a teen work for me for, you know, probably four years from the time he was 14 to 18. And then he went off and went to college and he came back and he walked into the restaurant. He came in the back door and he walked into the restaurant. He walked right up to me and he said, I get it. I get it now. I see why you do what you do. And it was real interesting because he'd heard it and he'd heard it and he'd heard it for four years, but he never really understood that the reason I didn't want to stand there and make the food or serve the customers wasn't because they didn't enjoy that or because I wasn't able to do it. It was because it wasn't what God was calling me to do. It wasn't the best use of my time. I could train and empower other people to do that particular part of it, but I had to do a different part of it. And as a leader, 
you might sometimes feel like, I feel like I'm just being proud if I don't do everything. Well, be willing to do anything. And even to this day, Renee, when I walk in, I just look around. Well, first of all, I ask, I ask the person in charge, the team leader, what would you like me to do to help? And then I do whatever they assign me to do. Or if they're busy, I just look around and I say, what is there to do? And usually there's a pile of dishes. <laughs> and I just start <laughs> on that. Because what I want to model and I want them to understand is that I'm just your partner. I'm here to work with you. But it's true that every day I'm not going to come and do all the dishes. You know? Mm-hmm. And so I think as a leader, we have this wonderful opportunity to communicate servant heart without always doing all the tasks that everybody else can do. Um, so when we talk about empowerment moves the ministry forward, yes, it equips the people under you to do what God called them to do. It also frees you to focus on what God's calling you to do. Do you have an example from your experience of someone who's um, maybe used a situation where empowerment was used and it really changed things in an organization? Um, absolutely. Um, and just recently handing over um, the director's mantle to um, a very dear friend. She was with me for three years. Um, we walked side by side through the ministry. And I have just watched her grow in her leadership skills um, as she attended events with me, as she did trainings with me, as she began to do speaking engagements on her own. And um, just watching her come alive in that and gaining the confidence that she needed to actually take that step into the director's seat has been invaluable. And, Marnie, um, empowerment is time-consuming. It is because we want that person that's going to be that we're bringing up or that's going to be taking our place in something to be able to do it well and to do it comfortably. Um, so, but it becomes less time-consuming when you mentor well. Um, and and just as you were speaking, you were taking this young lady through your restaurant, and you were telling her how you know everything was done, and you're going to spend this day with me, and this is what it looks like. You can do that in any organization, in any ministry. Um, just time is the greatest gift that you can give a team member, and um, just being available and involved, making your presence known. Um, when you do that, you're mentoring through example, you're mentoring through your actions, and you're mentoring through your words, and that's that in itself is empowering. I want to take a pause just now and uh, just share something that's coming to my mind. There are processes in our businesses, in our ministries, where you need to have the person just watching you, okay, because it's it's a in a relational interpersonal skill or it's something that is not standardized necessarily it, ha- it takes judgment there are other things that really are the same process every single time and so in our businesses what we learned was that training people to run the till uh to actually run the checkout process that is a standardized process. It has many mm-hmm. little steps and exceptions and rules to it. And we actually have come up with, uh, I just made a training tape 
where they listen to the different, um, it's got like 20 little, little segments that are about one to three minutes each. It takes about an hour for them to go through it. They have an opportunity to actually test the, you know, test their skills on the till and mm-hmm. see where things are and do samples, you know, checkouts like that. And then we stand with them and train them at the till with live customers. So what you can do is if you have things in your organization that are standardized like that, you can go ahead and put together a training program so that every single person that comes in you don't have to personally take the hour or take the you know three hours or whatever to train them another idea is to bring in a group of trainees all at one time and train 10 or even two people at once instead of training everybody one by one um, th- these are ways that a leader can extend themselves farther than, you know, just an hour for an hour. And, and I, always, I always say God redeems the time. You know, he, he, when you invest time into other people, he redeems the time. But he also gives us wisdom as to how to do that most efficiently and effectively. And so I, I love that. And some of this is about delegation. Some of it's about empowerment. And some of it's about both. Let's go back mm-hmm. to the person who just joined us or who just needs a little clarity right now about the difference between delegation and empowerment. Delega- I loved your questions at the beginning, how to identify which mm-hmm. is which. So why don't you go back and just repeat that real quick. Okay. Um, delegation is the giving of duties or assignments. Um, it transfers the responsibility from one person to the other. And remember that it's less work in the short run. So um, for those for those short things, um, those small jobs, those quick jobs, um, it's easier just to delegate because again, it's less work in the short run. Also, it divides the labor and brings temporary results. Delegation does raise up followers more often than it raises up leaders. And when we look again at empowerment we see that this is a transfer of authority rather than responsibility. This is someone that now decides what they can and cannot do. And it's less work in the long run. So you do spend time helping this person, empowering this person, developing this person. But in the long run, they're often running on their own and they're not coming back to you to ask questions. Um, This also multiplies the outcome and um, brings lasting change. I love that. And the questions were, when you're delegating, you're saying to the person, what I need from you now is blank. Whereas when you're empowering somebody, you're asking the question, what do you need from me in order to get this done? Yeah, I love it. Uh, Such a big difference actually in in the feel of that. We're going to take a short break here and come right back and talk about boundaries and empowerment. We'll be right back. Womenspeakers.com is the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,700 women speakers from every experience level, denomination, and fee range, some near you. Visit womenspeakers.com to find the perfect speaker for your next event or to get training to be a speaker, author, or media personality. All training and connections occur online anytime you have time. Find a speaker, add a speaker, or become a speaker at www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and of course, womenspeakers.com is going gangbusters with all kinds of invitations flying through the system right now. 
it's uh, different from a bureau in that the event planners directly connect with the speakers. It's actually a directory, and so there's just so much going on all the time over there. Hope you check that out at womenspeakers.com. Of course, our guest today, Renee Riley, is one of our speakers over there. Yay! And you can learn more about her at womenspeakers.com or by going to her website, ReneeRiley.org, and you spell her name R-E-N-E-R-E-I-L-L-Y. That's ReneeRiley.org. Renee, thanks so much for being with us today, having fun here. Oh, yes. It's so great to talk with you today. Okay, let's spend a few minutes talking about some boundaries and empowerment. Now, we already kind of addressed the situation where you asked your question, um, is there some reason why I should keep the responsibility for this, why I should not pass along this particular uh, piece of of work, um, this uh, responsibility. Uh, beyond that, what are some boundaries that you would recommend people set when empowering others? Well, you want to be sure that they understand your core values, your mission, and your vision, Marnie, because if they don't understand those things, they're not going to really have a filter to run things through. So um, I always tell people, you know, just make a little list. And this is your just do it if list, okay? Just do it if it filters through the core values, the mission, and the vision. And if it fits within the structure that you have already put in place within your ministry or area of business, just do it if it only affects your area. Just do it if it is within your budget, I mean, those are some those are some things that uh, boundaries that you can set. Um, there are other boundaries that you can set. You know, time limits, um, relationship boundaries. Um, you know, what coworkers are, um, what what you discuss with your employees, your coworker, your ministry partner. I mean, there are all different types of boundaries that you can set. But I think um, when we're talking about empowerment, particularly. Um, we're talking about making sure that it filters down through your core values, your mission, and your vision. Mm. That's that's pretty cool. Do you actually give something like that out to your people, the just do it if? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, the, the first thing, you know, as a leader, you want to keep um, your mission statement and your vision up front all the time, you know, when you're having meetings, um, whatever you're doing, you know, keep that out in front of the people that you're involving in your ministry. And um, that way they know what you're about, they know what their mission is, they know what their direction is, and it makes it so much easier and, and gives them so much more freedom and flexibility when they understand, okay, this is what we represent. These are the boundaries that we work within. I love that. You know, I um I'm thinking about the people that work for me and and there are a couple things that they know for sure that if they don't do this to a certain standard they're going to get in trouble. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, for example, one of the things I believe in as a restaurant owner and as we in our retail store we have an espresso cafe and a Christian bookstore and one of the things I I always teach them is if it's on the menu we can serve it to you today. So we don't run out of ingredients. So when people come to us and say, can I have a thus and such that's on the menu, I view it as a promise, okay, so that that we'll actually have that food for them today. 
And so my staff knows that if it's running low, they have to get some more. They don't just wait till it runs out and then order more. We have to keep some in advance so that we don't run out. That's one of my standards, which is smaller than a mission or a vision. A mission or a vision is like the big picture, where we're going and how we're getting there. But then mm-hmm. below that, you have these standards. And for most um When you're delegating, the standards are really, really important. When you're empowering, you have to move things up a notch, don't you, to the vision and mission where the the leader that you're empowering can actually make a decision without you there on many things just Mm -hmm. by understanding the mission and vision. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's just where it's so important that they understand the structure um, that you have in place. And, you know, a lot of that comes just from that one-on-one, you know, them walking beside you um, in your ministry and in the in the tasks that you do and seeing how you do it and um, how you deal with people and what your expectations are. And that's huge right there, Marnie, um, is clearly defining roles and expectations. I mean, that and, – and that's – you know, our next point that we're going to be talking about is the key to effective delegation and empowerment. And it is just clearly defining roles and expectations. And I think that's where we fall short so many times. Um, And we we fall short in our homes, you know, with our children and all different um, types of places that we go when we build up expectations that we do not articulate um, and effectively communicate to others. And women are extremely, <laughs> we need to understand our expect, your expectations um, and our expectations. I wrote, I wrote a book um, called Retreats Made Easy, and it's over at marnie.com or womenspeakers.com, available there under the event planning site. But um, in that book, I start off by talking about the, the leaders who plan an awesome retreat but get negative feedback at the end because the people who had come to their retreat came with an expectation and the the leader did something better. Okay, She did something bigger, something better, something really different, really new. But because their expectation was not reset before they got there, they couldn't appreciate it. It just throws people off. If we really love safety and stability. That's, you know, that's, why most of us got married is because we wanted somebody to just know that they were going to be there for us the rest of our lives and we'd have that stability and that safety. And so when you're working with women, this expectation thing is huge. And the more clearly you define it up front, the better off you'll be. Because even if it's hard for them to swallow part of it, if they know it, they can adapt, but if they don't know it and they just keep getting clobbered by your unspoken expectations, it really sets people up for a bad experience, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I've seen it so many times, and it also sets you up for a bad experience. Um, you know, when when you're not communicating your expectations and the person that you're not communicating with um, is having a hard time, it just... You know, it sets both of you up for failure. And, you know, I always say put it on paper. Just put it on paper um, and sit down together and look at it 
and read it together and offer that person an opportunity to ask questions and, um, you know, be available in that way because it's so, um, it's so critical. It's so critical that our expectations are defined. Many, many years ago, I don't know why I did this, but I think I had been challenged to do it in a book or something like that. Um, I just sat down to write my expectations of my husband. What were my expectations of Dave? And as I wrote, I thought, really, I don't have that many. You know, I mean, I just wrote down these uh, few expectations, you know, and and he wasn't really living up to those expectations too well, and I didn't really have that many. <laughs> and uh, and I realized very quickly I was convicted about all the things that weren't on my sheet of paper. For example, he would get up every morning and go to work. Well, that wasn't on my list of expectations, but I realized that if he didn't, he might just lay on the couch all day and drink beer and swear <laughs> at us, you know, or something. And, of course, that wasn't even on my list. You know, because right. it was... It was such an ingrained expectation that I didn't even, it didn't even cross my mind that he might not do that. You know, so when you're doing these expectations, and like you said earlier, this happens in our home as well as in our business or ministry, is that we have all these unspoken and really unfiltered expectations that we just apply to another person. They can't possibly know what we expect unless we spell that out. And the other thing is, we have to be adaptable too. Maybe they can't give us everything we expect. That's where we can flex a little bit and say, you know, that's not a critical component for you to do or to have that skill. We can outsource that or we can have somebody else come alongside you. Absolutely. And that's why, you know, in doing all of this, we want to teach the people that we empower to empower others and, right. um, you know, to build their own team and to, to have people that can undergird them. So um, there's there's many, many different things that are going on at the same time, Marnie. As we're empowering one person, we're teaching them to empower others. And, um, you know, learning to communicate our expectations is one thing, but we also have to remember to extend grace because we are not, we're human. We're not always going to, like you said, you uh you missed that, that one huge expectation of your husband. Yeah, we expect our husbands to get up and go to work, but it's not something that we communicate every day. So there are going to be things that we miss, and we just have to be ready to extend grace for that. And sometimes it's okay. You know, it's those mistakes that uh, we make along the way, they teach us. Um, they're growth experiences. So, you know, not every mistake or every um, missed expectation or whatever is going to necessarily be a negative. Oh, right. And and we know that all things work together for good. So everyone that we come across, we can say, well, what is God trying to teach me here? What, if, what is it that I can walk away with here? What's my blessing in this one? What's your blessing in this one? You know, let's, let's look at this from a positive perspective and grow from it. And as long as we're all in that, you know, position together, humble, humble together, learning together, you know, God is, God is glorified there. The final thing here, and then I'm going to give you a minute for a final thought, but the final thing here, I wanted to communicate on this um, boundaries and empowerment or how to effectively do it, delegate and empower, is to use the word why or because actually to give people the why and use the word because. So whenever I give an instruction of any kind, whether it's um, when you think about 
decisions that you're going to make. I want you to remember that one of my core values is blank. And then I would say the core value. And then I'd say because. And then I would give them the reason why they would (laughs) want to remember it or the reason why that's a core value for me. And just using the word because um, just changes the whole experience for the listener. Instead of just being told to do something, now they understand your heart. They understand your motivation, and it changes their buy-in to such a great degree. So so use the word because a lot when you're working with people yes. who you're either delegating or empowering. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I completely agree, Marnie. So, uh, you know, and that's um, part of commu- clear communication. Um, and then for someone to really know your heart, and to understand why it is that you do what you do. And um, I think it just increases camaraderie. Um, It increases the way that you're able to work together joyfully. So, yeah, just communicating that because I like that so much. Well, we are nearly at the end of our hour. Do you have a a final thought for people? You know, I do, Marnie. Um, as as you're out there and you're recruiting volunteers and you're bringing people onto your team, you're um, raising up leaders, delegating and empowering, you have to remember that there are different things that are going to come along as you're forming your team. Um, there are some different stages. And um, I heard this in a training that I went to, and it was just so very, very helpful to me. But it was the four stages of a team. And it was the first one was forming. The second one was storming, the third one was norming, and the fourth was performing. These are the different stages that we go through. So as we're forming, we're actively pursuing people to enlist, to share the work, to walk alongside us. It um, helps us to determine um, how well we work together if we have the same goals and the same passion. And as we step from forming into storming, what we find is sometimes tension builds as different personalities begin to work closely together. Um, And one of the ways that we can kind of get through that is by providing equipping opportunities in those areas. Um, Maybe it's a relational style gifts teaching or, um, like you said, a a training uh, where you have several different people there. um, So equipping opportunities. And then, once you've gone through kind of that storming phase, you're going to enter into norming. And that's where you're fellowshipping and you're working the plan together and things begin to flow a little bit more smoothly. And that goes right over into performing. And in this stage, you're focusing on productivity and empowering the new leaders. So um, I just want to leave leave others with the thought that leadership is critical strong leaders um, and God has given us this mandate to make disciples, and that's what we're doing in leadership is we're making disciples in leadership. So I'm very excited to have been with you today, Marnie, thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much for being here, and you guys can learn more about Renee over at womenspeakers.com or at her website, ReneeReilly.org, and that's R-E-N-E-R-E-I-L-L-Y.org. Thank you. For being here. Thank you everybody for being here. I hope you have a great day and join us next time on Marty's Friends. Have a wonderful afternoon or evening or whenever you're listening to this. I hope that you have a super rest of your day. Bye bye for now. <laughs>